It is Monday, July 25th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by our good friends over at Shady Rays. Not only the best-looking shades in the entire business, but when you lose them or break them, they will replace them. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We have producer Rob and intern Sam along for the ride with us. Let's start out by giving a shout-out to the newest Hall of Fame class, inducted into Cooperstown on Sunday. I love anytime there's a Hall of Fame, life-changing moments, uh, draft day, championships, Hall yeah. of Fame. I love them. I love them, uh, and I just think it's really, really special. I, I was busy with Brady's baseball tournament on Sunday, but I went back and, and watched uh, a lot of the speeches. So it was great. It was wonderful. It was a ton of fun. And, boy, what a huge weekend we had in baseball. Um, great day for Red Sox fans who watch Big Pop be going to the Hall of Fame, but shitty weekend for their current baseball team. So the Jays trounced the Sox in a sweep at Fenway, uh, highlighted by a 28-run effort in game one. Did this series say more about the hard-charging Jays or the slumping Sox? I didn't. I don't think it said much about either team, to be honest with you. Mm. Okay, like the the Red Sox are decimated by injuries, and and maybe I guess I'll I'll say the Red Sox. That's more about the Red Sox, decimated by injuries, kind of no direction right now. We know about all their free agents. We might talk about that a little bit later. Like you're at a point now where you're half a game above the Orioles, I believe, and you're you're sitting right at 500. Can you topple these teams to get to the postseason? If you do get to the postseason, what's going to happen? So. Heim Bloom has just got a difficult, difficult decision ahead of him. And then when you watch baseball like this over the weekend, kind of like sways you to one side. Now, I'm happy the Blue Jays took care of business. Ross Stripling after the series said, look, we know that's not their best baseball. They didn't play well. They don't have their full uh, roster out there. But this is what good teams do. They beat up when they get the opportunity. And that's what the Blue Jays did. So I'll give the Blue Jays credit for doing it. No doubt about it. You have to win series like that. And you better sweep, too. When you smell blood in the water, the Jays did just that. But the Red Sox, man, they got to find a direction. They got to find it fast. Let me start for 30 seconds on the Blue Jays. This is what I thought about the Blue Jays coming into this year. It's why I picked you to win the world championship for the first time since 1993. This is what I expected. Maybe not a 28-run effort, but everything else was great. And Alec Manoa looking into the Red Sox dugout and motherfucking those guys, tell them to go basically sit your ass down. Like, I'm for it. I am for it. You know, some guys don't like it. I've heard guys behind the scenes saying, dude, what a douche, all that sort of stuff. If you heard him on the Rose rotation, you know what he's about. You know that this fires him up. It's okay. We need guys like that in the game. And he is awesome. And they were incredible. Red Sox, I think it was like a week ago or two weeks ago on this show where our other producer, Dan Rourke, scoffed at me when I said, look out for the Red Sox. They were playing some good ball in June. I think they won 20 games. Uh, they seemed to put it together offensively. Chris Sale was coming back. I said, hey, if Sale is Chris Sale, they could be a tough out in October. You know what? I would like to amend that statement to say the Red Sox will be out of October. They're done. Just like you said to Seattle, they're done. And this is dangerous because they'll probably end up beating them up on my guardians the next few days. But Boston's in deep shit, in part because I thought the whole thing that summarized their season was the inside the park grand slam by mm. Tapia. What the fuck was Duran doing out there? Well, We've seen like a lot of balls get lost in the lights, and particularly in Fenway. I feel like there's been more than one, you know, let me finish, yes. bro. You asked me a question. I'm fired up today. You are fired up today. Look, 
I understand it looks really bad right there, but I don't think we got the whole wide panned out shot there. I like you lost the ball. That's the most hopeless feeling in all of baseball that. And when you forget the outs, those two things, my goodness done that. Uh, but you know, Doogie, he said after the game, Doogie was already there. He was going to go get the ball. There's no, and Chris, I know it looks bad, but that's true. Like what you don't need two guys going after that ball, causing some confusion. If Doogie's going to get there and he sees that already, let the guy go get the ball. I know it looks bad. It looks so bad. I understand that, but I don't think that's like the issue here. I know the no, play no, no. you're trying to say the play, Summarized. you know, surmises the entire season. Totally. I don't think so. I don't think so. Totally. That they're the, lost. I'll tell you what, the, the, the game when they made three errors in a row and three consecutive batters, that's way worse than this. I would agree with that on Sunday. That was a disastrous like. What a terrible five minutes for them. It was absolutely horrible. I suppose the only reason I'm picking on him a little bit, he's a young guy who afterwards said, well, I didn't want to go chase after it and run into Doogie. Like, come on, man. Really? Like, that's... He would would be in the way of of Doogie's throw. Okay, so bend down. Get the fuck out of the way. (laughs) I mean, like they're operating inside of a phone booth. Go look up what a phone booth is, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's true. What is that? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just they're in deep shit. And do you know their five game losing streak? Last two to the Yankees, three to the Jays. They were outscored by a combined 54 runs. That is the worst yes. in any five game span for any baseball team since 1901. Dude, what? I mean, that was like you were in like third or fourth grade back then. That's uh, crazy to think that. That's crazy to think that. Can you speak up? I can't hear you, Sonny boy. It's a it's a bad weekend for Boston baseball. And thank goodness they had Poppy to kind of take their minds off what yes. was going on at Fenway. Because that was it was embarrassing for them. I think everyone knows that. And look, they're 500. I think they're only three games out. So there is a chance they're not going to be sellers. They'll just try to figure it out. But I don't know. With all the impending free agents that they have, I think it almost forces Heim's hand. And and Devers on the uh on the Devers on the IL, yeah. Hey, uh, give me 30 seconds. Did, did the Manoa shit bother you or no? Uh, not really. I don't, I honestly don't love when guys are going back and forth in dugouts. I understand it happens. It's, that's just the competitive nature of baseball in a long season, especially against rivals. I, I'd rather it just, you know, you be with your teammates fired up that way. Cause, you know, this, all this does, Chris, and we've seen it before, it just leads to, you know, tempers flaring later in the season, guys getting hit with baseballs that shouldn't be involved in it at all. So, like, I always, lean on like let's protect our teammates let's go celebrate with our teammates and not get anybody else hurt mm. yeah but it, this wasn't any of that this was basically like you suck get out of here sit down beat it but dude that just what you don't need to do that because I like i don't. said that just kind of like later on you know like the red Sox might be inclined if they start to hit manoa they might be inclined to really do some extra things on the base pass or whatever. And Good. then Manoa gets mad. Then there's hit batters. Then it's like, that's oh, not well, fun for okay. anybody. If it gets that direction, if he get, if he starts hitting guys because he's getting knocked around, I don't like that. And I'm a huge Alec Manoa fan. I, I like I him too. I don't think it would go that direction. I'm all for spicing up the game. I like it. I don't know. As a Some fan, I li- as a fan, I like it, but I always just go back to that. Like, what's this going to start? I know maybe that's no, just my it. brain. I understand. All right, up next, uh, you got to follow me here. This is a little long-winded, but what will affect the trade deadline the most from this past weekend? Yankees reliever Michael King lost for the season. Braves outfielder Adam Duvall lost for the season. 
Jazz Chisholm getting moved to the 60-day injured list. Boston struggles or the Giants getting swept in a four-game set in L.A. for the first time in 27 years? I really do think it's the Boston aspect because if they start to make all those pieces available, that changes the trade landscape. But I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about Mike King and what the Yankees have to go mm-hmm. after now. I think prior, they were already going to go after some relief help, but like priority-wise, now this puts it at the top of, of the chart for them, in my opinion. Yeah, they I want agree. to go after Benintendi, Brian Reynolds, even Juan Soto. I understand that. But like they need to go get some relievers. They need to get some relieving help fast. And I was reading an article and it said they had like $7.7 million left before they they get to that third uh, luxury tax threshold, which the Dodgers hit. And that moves your pick next year, your first round pick back 10 spots. So they treated that like a hard cap. So they got to go figure out now, go get some relievers. You only have X amount of money to spend. Maybe they have to get creative with some guys in the roster with some trades that they do. Um, But I think, like I said, that changes everything for the Yankees. As far as priority list, they got to go get some relievers now. And maybe maybe two. You know, I I threw the Jazz Chisholm in, thing in late. I originally did not have that in there. I think the Marlins, because they've got a lot of talent there. Yeah. I think you could see get some guys on the move. I really do, because I just don't. Man. Do you think that was the, that was, that's what pushed it over the hill? You know, I mean, listen, when when Jazz got hurt, we were like, okay, God, we hope he can make it to get back for the All-Star game. And then that didn't happen. Now it's a 60-day injured list. You know, I thought they were a team that could add a bona fide, like, closer and a middle-of-the-bat guy and be in contention. Look at how many games. Like, even yesterday, they ended up winning in extras. They blew a lead in the ninth inning. They They barely score, like, three and a half runs a game, but they're so close to at least being interesting. I, I don't know. But all this stuff is the same as it was before the season. So like I if they so. weren't going to take care of it before the season, it doesn't make sense that they were going to go out and try to get those guys during the season, unless they had some sort of like crazy first half and, and, and a sizable lead in some regard in the playoff race. But I don't think it changes much of what they're going to do. I think they were probably already going to shop some of their pitching as is. Yeah. Um, but maybe this I makes it just more clear for them. What about San Francisco? Shoot, man. I don't know. Like, we were calling for them to trade last year. Makes more sense this year. It's pretty daunting what's ahead of them. Uh, they are an aging roster. They've, I, I don't really know how to read them. Because every time we think they're going to go away, they, they decide not to do that. Uh, if they do become sellers, then, yeah, that's, that, again, changes you know, the whole landscape do of the trade market. That- Okay, so Rodon just just hit his innings where he can now have a player option on his the second year of his contract. Do you think because he could change the entire complexion of a, yes. a playoff chase? Do you think they trade him because I think you could get something for him? He's going to opt out. So, Whew. I mean, yeah, that's that's I I didn't know that he hit that that mark. Yeah, so that that, that changes that changes everything in the starting pitcher trade landscape. You know, it was Montas Castillo, but I think Rodon probably sits on top of those two guys. Well, but but for this year, I understand there's years of there's years of control. I get that, but I think if you're a team that wants to win this year, that's that's your guy. Like you had those other guys, great, yep. and that, he's also going to be cheaper than those other two guys because he is a rental. So, yep, you have to make him available. Look out. Yep, could be fun. Look out, Dodgers. All right, this was not fun. Not certainly not for the Phillies who got swept at home out of the gate 
by the Chicago Cubs, who didn't exactly light the world on fire in the first half. Um, there were some fireworks after Saturday's game in which Nick Castellanos, who has had a very rough first year in Philly, got booed by the home crowd, and then he got surrounded in the locker room and was asked by a veteran reporter there uh, for NBC Philly, uh, Jim Salisbury, who by all accounts, good dude, and has had a lot of longevity in that town and carries a lot of weight. He asked Nick Castellanos, did you hear the boos? No, man, I lost my hearing. <laughs> so you didn't hear it. Come on, man, that's a stupid question. Why is that a stupid question? Can anybody else answer that for him? Anybody? Yeah, man, that's a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. If it's a stupid question, you should be equipped to answer all right, it. All right, I did all right, answer it. All right, all right. The answer we should got be able to answer it. We got the answer. That doesn't mean that I can't say that it's a stupid question. It wasn't a stupid question. Of course, I, question. if I heard the booze, is, 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 that's a rhetorical question. Of course, it's a stupid question. Did you hear the booze? That's a stupid question. We got the answer. We're good. Thanks, guys. We're and close. you should be able to handle a stupid question. I did. So Nick says it was a stupid question. Jim says it was not. Was it? Of course, it was a stupid question. That was, I mean, look, and he did answer the question. And it was a rhetorical question. I, look, if, any, if I've learned anything, uh, it's Nick Castellanos has come on our programming with you. Mm-hmm. And he's a very smart guy. Like, this is not like some dumb jock. This guy is very well thought out. He's articulate. My problem with this whole scenario is, okay, look, I know that he's a respected reporter in Philadelphia, but there's only two ways, only two things he's hoping for with that question. One is a reaction, which, look, he got. He's all over the place now. If that's not what he was looking for, he's looking to ask a follow-up question. So why not just ask the question in the first place? Did you hear the booze is not a legitimate question. It's just not. Okay. Like clearly he did. If you want to say, Hey, you got booed. How do you feel about it? Then Nick Castellanos would give a real answer. But did you hear the booze? It's just, it's, it's stupid. He wanted to cause something. He got the answer that he wanted, even though he said you should be equipped to answer a stupid question. Like what to me, that was him frustrated with the way that Nick came back at him. He had a second follow-up question ready to go. He didn't get to ask it because Nick, you know, called him out on it basically. So I'm on Nick's side on this. I don't think that's going to surprise anyone. I understand that you have to stand up and take the heat when you're a professional athlete. That's part of it. We have to remember, who's the entertainer in this situation? It's Nick Castellano. So if Nick wants to make something entertaining go on during a press uh, conference, he'll do it. Jim, you're a, a reporter. Like You should be reporting on the game, not trying to create like sound bites or stuff like that. And I think that's what he was doing. I don't think he should do it again. So I've been asking questions of professional athletes for the better part of 30 years now. And I've learned the hard way how to ask questions. And a lot of what I do when I try and formulate questions is I try and work backward. Like, what is it I'm trying to get out of the person I'm interviewing and talking to? What is it that the audience wants to hear? It has been a shitty year for Nick Castellanos. He will be the first one to tell you he has not lived up to his $100 million contract. He has not hit well particularly since Bryce Harper has left, he's needed to carry more of the load. It sucks getting booed, I imagine. Does it not? Of course. Of course. It hurts. hurts. And you hear it, obviously. And you do hear it. So the question (laughs) that should have been asked was, Nick, how do you handle the booing? It can't be fun. How much does it hurt? That way you are showing some empathy for a person who is going through some shit now, at the same time, they don't have to be buddy-buddy. 
You don't have to be. That is fine. But I do think we have to understand it's got to suck to be booed, but we want to hear from the person the emotion of what it's like to be booed. We didn't get that. What we got was this little rip between media member and professional athlete. And while it's entertaining and millions of people have viewed it on social media, I still don't know how Nick Castellanos is feeling. Yeah, I mean, what what are you supposed to say? Like, clearly, like I said, he he had a follow up question. Like, and Nick was right. That is a rhetorical question. Is, like, you're of right. course. So, like, just ask the question you want to ask. If they ask the question, like you did right there, Chris, and this is why you're so professional and I love working for you. You don't like, work for me or with you. Sometimes I work for you. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> You know, just ask that question like that. It's not even about the empathy. It's just like, come on, man. It's it's really about being professional. And in this yeah. instance, I feel like Nick was more of a professional than Jim. Yep. I would agree with you. We'll see. Maybe this will turn him around. By the way, um, Castellanos' OPS is 280 points less than it was a year ago in Cincinnati. And that was a huge year. I think he finished 12th in the MVP voting. So people might say, hey, Rose, that was like his high watermark. That's fine. It's still 150 points less than his career average, which is over 800. So Wait. he's, yeah. He said, you should be equipped to handle a stupid question. Like, he, he I'm going to answer it. a stupid question with a stupid answer. How about that? That's how I'm equipped to answer that. Yeah. And could Nick have said the other, could he have gone? Yeah, of course I heard the booze. Yes. But I imagine he's. Yeah, but when you're when you're feeling like that, Chris, mm -hmm. you don't want to take the bait. You know it's bait, dude. You don't you don't want to go out there and say, "Okay, yeah, I heard the booze. Now what? What are you gonna ask me?" Uh, dude, I get it. I understand it. I, I understand yeah. it. Like it is. By the way, it is a terrible feeling walking into a locker room when a team is isn't performing well or when a player isn't performing well. I remember Jeff Brantley when he was a closer in Cincinnati gave up a, a game winning home run. And we all, I was very young in my career. I was a sports producer in Cincinnati. I was maybe 23 years old. And I, I'm one of 10 reporters around him. We all stuck mics in his face. Nobody asked a question. <laughs> so he looks up and he goes, is anybody going to fucking ask a question? You know, he's, <laughs> he went to Mississippi State. He's got the big Southern accent. And finally, somebody said, uh, was it a fastball? They're like, yep. Like, oh was it a God. fastball? Right. It ha it happens, dude. Like, you know, when teams are going through rifts, there is tension. There's no oh, doubt about it. And you kind of understand there are certain guys in the media uh, scrum that, you know, are just going to be generally positive. Then, you know, the guys that are going to come out with targeted questions. And then sometimes you have something like that. Like, do I think Jim was in there trying to stir the pot? Stir the pot? I don't know. Like, it kind of seemed like he was, but like, doesn't really fit his reputation. Right. So maybe it was just a bad day and we just got to say, hey, we'll forget this. And, you know, hopefully they've already made up. You don't want to have that like feeling in the clubhouse between reporters and players. You just don't. It's not good yeah. for anybody. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, speaking of another riff, this one, not media versus player, but player versus player out in Arizona. Uh, the Diamondbacks on Saturday night, Madison Bumgarner gives up a home run to Victor Robles. Uh, the Nats were getting crushed at the time. Robles, we know, isn't much of a home run hitter. Mad Bum thought he had pimped it a little bit too much. And afterward, he let us know he was not too pleased. It's a clown. Golly, no shame. No shame. Like, it's 7-1. to one. You hear your third homer of the year, you act like Barry Bonds breaking the record. 
clean it up. That's the I'm the old grumpy guy I know, but that type of stuff didn't that didn't used to happen. Now it's it's that's ridiculous. So Robles on Sunday shows up in the dugout wearing a clown nose. Who's right? Who's wrong here? Oh man! Well, look. When I first heard of, I saw the soundbite first before I saw the homer. So I was like, okay, what did this guy do? Because I'm, I am kind of on that side where I'm like, dude, if if the team is up, if you're losing by, you know, six, seven runs, you kind of hit a meaningless homer. Like, you don't need to do the whole song and dance there. But then when I watched the homer, I mean, he got his pitch that he wanted, put a really good swing on it. He's kind of been trending upward, so he's he's starting to feel it a little bit. And after that, like All Star break, you just want to, you just want to feel good again. He didn't even do that much. He's, he leaned back on it, dude. Like, hey, you threw an off-speed pitch. He waited back and leaned on it. That's all he did. So, like, I'm on Victor's side here. Like, Madison does not need to come call him a clown for that. Like, there is a lot of clownish stuff that does happen in our game, and I'm fine with people calling that out because I don't think it's a free-for-all. It should not be a free-for-all. Do whatever you want on the field because it's let the kids play. I don't believe in that at all. I believe there are ways to do things, ways to be professional, ways to go about things. Victor Robles didn't do anything. And I think actually when he went back out with the clown on, that's pretty funny, dude. Dave Martinez didn't back him up about it. I don't like that either, but that's pretty funny because he knows he was right. On his baseball reference page, the picture is of him wearing the clown nose. What? Yes, they changed. I'm on it right. I'm on it right now. Yes. Somebody did it. Somebody altered it. Robbie did, of course, he does such an amazing job, found the picture. It is. <laughs> he didn't even do anything, though, Chris. Like I know. Yeah, you know what? To me, the most egregious thing is that Davey Martinez didn't back him up. Yeah. That was fucked up. Well, we don't, that's not how we do it around here. I like Davey. I've known Davey a long time. I've known him for two decades. He's been great to me and my family. I'm not so sure this is. If you don't I... like it, you know what? Bring him into the office and just say, hey, listen, I know what you're doing. Let's come on. We can't be doing Did he that. watch the homer, though? Did he watch the reaction? It wasn't. I mean, if you're a manager, you see it like, OK, like you didn't even do anything, dude. By the way, this is a fucking sport that needs more funny. Like We need funny. That was fucking funny. Who walks out with a clown nose? <laughs> that shit. It was- he should have gotten some big ass motherfucking clown cleats. And he, that's what he should have walked out on the turf with pre-game like doing sprints in fucking clown cleats how great would that have been it, it's it been hilarious like we're we're talking about a lot of like off the field stuff going yes, on are. right now like does baseball need that maybe i don't know we're yes. ta- everyone's talking about it <laughs> that was some funny shit man that was some funny ass shit Bumgarner, I'm sorry. look bum garner we know man you've had a great career we know you're old school we know you're you know country boy like come on dude like you, you just said, I know I'm the old angry guy in the room. You don't always have to be that way. Like, I get it. There are standards that you want to keep. You're a veteran. You're trying to teach the young guys how to play the game. But, like, you also have to evolve with the game a little bit. And in this instance, I don't even think this is that, what he's talking okay. about. I don't think he will be evolving with the game anytime soon. I could be wrong. And you know what? I got, like, that's not what you want in your leaders. Finally, more impressive food slash beverage consumption over the weekend. Garrett Cole downing a banana in his start in like one and a half seconds. Or Clay Thompson of the world champion Golden State Warriors watching his brother Trace and crushing a beer 
while doing it on Instagram? You know, I actually thought the banana kind of dominated Cole there a little bit. He didn't eat that whole thing. He left a little spot there. That's not good for uh, for everyone. Okay, eat your bananas, all right? But the Clay Thompson thing, that's like the got to be the coolest feeling ever. I can only imagine if I was, you know, hey, I'm an NBA superstar. I just won the NBA championship. Now I get to go watch my brother. I get to sit in the front row at Dodger Stadium, watch my brother fulfill his dream, like make a catch, get a big hit, and I get to slam a beer. Everyone's looking at me. And what a feeling for him like this guy it. like he had what he had like one or two seasons off from basketball mm-hmm. and then came back and he's had like what a year this guy has had so i'm all about clay thompson right now especially because you know he's a bay area guy up there in Golden state and he's down there rooting for the dodgers and his brother against the giants kind of a funny thing going on but he was he was living his best life man well, first of all, good for Trace, who seems to have really found a home here in L.A. after he has kicked around and really fought the good fight in the minor league. Yeah. Garrett Cole with that banana thing, that was unbelievable. It really was. Like, I thought he was going to the electric chair with the, how fast he ate that thing. I was like, dude, are you okay? Like, he just wouldn't stop. Do you, are you a top of the banana or bottom of the banana peeler? Do you go from the stem or from the top of it? I go from where it rips off of the whole congregation of the banana. It's wrong. You're wrong, Chris. What do you mean? You're supposed to go from the other end. That's how monkeys do it. And that peels better. I'm no fucking monkey. Well, we're all from monkeys, bro. But not right now. Although I am hairy as shit. Sunday. Hope everyone has a great day today. Easy there. What the fuck was that? That was, that was a talking Jake uh, when he ate the banana too. There there he is. There he is. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, Michelle had no context. So I was watching it on my phone. She walks past me. She's like, what is he doing? I was like, context, honey. One quick thing about uh, Clay Thompson. You know about his Little League thing, right? Mm -mm. He and Kevin Love were on the same Little League team that lost in Oregon the game before going to the Little League World Series. Oh, heartbreaking. Yeah. He's made up for it. I think he's made up for it with all those. Both of them have. Both, yes, right. both me and Kevin Love have done okay. How many rings does Clay Thompson have? Like five? Oh, oh. Four? Oh, 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 as Moses Malone once said. He's so underrated. Yeah, this year was tough for him. He was not the same Clay. I ho- I'm hoping next year he comes back because he's one of my favorite players. When he shoots the ball, it I don't even think it hits the net when it goes through. Dude, it is good. so quiet. It is unbelievable. Um, what do you have coming up on John Boy? Straight from here, doing a Monday recap episode with the boys. I have the AL. There was 10 series that I have to cover, so it's going to be an in-depth edition of Talking Baseball. What do you got, man? Uh, Latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Stephen Brault, who is back in the bigs and has pitched very well out of the bullpen for the Chicago Cubs. He is donning a new mustache where he looks exactly like Miles Teller from Top Gun. Uh, It's really unbelievable. and. He answers the first stranger things question on our wheel of moderately interesting oh. things. Uh, later today, I am interviewing Lucas Giolito. A lot of ground to cover with him. Did not pitch well against my guardians out of the break. But then uh, the White Sox took the last two of that series. We'll see how he's feeling. Uh, see how he's answering questions about turmoil in the clubhouse. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. We got a lot to cover with him. A lot to cover. So there you go. Uh, We are back at it again on Tuesday's edition of Baseball Today for our outstanding producer, Robbie Scirocco. 
our very sleepy-headed summer intern, Sam Singer. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We'll catch you Tuesday on Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.